Welcome to episode 280 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Sunday 22nd of August 2021. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA. Jensen USA, where you will find a great selection of products at unbeatable prices with unparalleled customer service. Check them out at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast, and of course, I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast since 2006. For show notes, links, and other information, check out our website at www.the-spokesman.com. And now, here's my fellow host and producer, Carlton Reed and The Spokesman. Welcome to the Spokesman Cycling Podcast, brought to you in association with Jensen USA. I'm Carlton Reed, and today's show is a 40-minute chat with the foodie founders of Le Blanc, the upscale cycling weekender firm that's more juice than gels. Event specialist and ex-professional cyclist Justin Clark teamed up with Ashley Palmer Watts, the former exec chef of the Fat Duck Group, to curate Le Blanc's Joyrides. These exclusive road cycling getaways visit stunning locations, stay at luxury hotels and feature day rides with cycling celebs such as Eddie Merckx and Knights of the Realm Chris Hoy and Bradley Wiggins. It's cycling as the new golf but with knobs on. And want to know how to make the world's best porridge? Listen on. Juice, not gels. I love that. That's a great, that's a great way of encapsulating what you're doing there. So, so tell us exactly, and I'm, I'm, it's going to be difficult to know who's going to be talking here uh, first. But let's let's go for Justin first, and yes. just say so. What, what why? Uh, what's wrong with gels for a start? What's wrong? So there's nothing wrong with gels, providing they taste good. But it's very rare that they do, um, and um, a good meal tends to be the best way to refuel. Um, if you can. So our belief is that um, you shouldn't compromise. If, if you're a highly trained professional athlete, then there are certain things that you need to, you know, take out of your life, like joy and, uh, and you know, a, a diet that actually makes you happy. Um, but if you're not a highly trained professional athlete, I think that you can, you can exercise well, you can train well, and you can eat an amazing diet, which is both good for you, but also delicious. Um, so that the point of that line was food shouldn't just be about calories or fats or proteins or whatever. Food should actually be something you enjoy. Um, and that's, that, that, that's what that line means. And Ash, you, you, you're kind of famous for, for producing food that you and people enjoy. Tell us a bit about your background, your culinary background. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been a chef for probably well, nearly 30 years actually um started very young working in kitchens and um i spent the last 20 years uh working at the fat duck group uh running various restaurants and dinner by heston in london uh for the last 10 years and um yeah sort of left at the end of 2019 to uh open my own place and pursue a couple of other amazing projects which one of them is is leblanc and um and here we are post covid um, coming out the other side, really. Yeah, because the the events were going to start, and then COVID got in the way. Is that right? 
Yes, yes. That, that, that that's right. I'm actually in the Isle of Wight right now, doing our final final recce and final checks on the events that is pretty much a year after it was due to be originally. So the the original dates of the first event were twenty third to twenty fifth of September. The actual dates of the Isle of Wight event are now the seventeenth and nineteenth of September. So um so ju- just inside a year from when it was actually first due to be staged. Yeah. And Ash, are you a cyclist as well? Yep, yep. I have uh, I've been riding since probably well after after the Olympics in 2012. I decided to buy a bike, um, and that really you know sort of got quite heavily into it from there really. Um, and yeah, literally about to go out for a bike ride in about ten minutes. So it's um, <laughs> we live the dream <laughs> exactly. And how did you two meet? Yeah, do, do, do you mind if I take this one? So. Um, because it, it's it was a chance um, conversation. Um, I, I've known Ashley for probably about twelve or thirteen years. Um, I, I I was one of the team that started Taste of London and then I developed into Taste Festivals all over the world. Um, but also there was um, uh, there, there was an event that uh, that we used to stage down in Western Australia, a little tiny place called uh, Margaret River, um, and at the opening. Uh, almost like kind of, you know, the, the cocktail party and the press reception, all, all of those things. Um, Ashley had just been on stage and he'd just been introduced as one, one of our amazing chefs that had kind of flown in and, you know, really, really brilliant. And um, so, so we're in, in this tiny little place and, uh, and Ash just kind of drops in there quite casually. He said, yeah, yeah, I brought my bike. I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> you brought your bike from the UK all the way down to Australia. Wow. And I just said, out of interest, what bike is it? And he said, oh, it's a Pinarello F8. And this was about four, four and a half years ago. And at the time, the F8 was the absolute top draw Pinarello bike, which is an absolutely amazing bike. And and immediately I said, at some point, Ash, you and I have got to do something with cycling and food. Um, I've been running food festivals for the last 20 years. Ash is one of the best chefs in the world. We both love cycling. It was just a natural thing. It was it was a case of when, not weather. Um, but that for me, that was the moment that, that the penny really dropped. And Justin, how did you transfer from cycling? Because then you went to IMG, which yes. is a, kind of like a sports agency. So how, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Why would uh, IMG have a culinary platform? Yes. So, so I, I worked originally for the business called Brand Events, which was a almost a, an event creation business. Um, and so we, we imagined taste. It, it, it didn't exist before. Um, that idea that um, if you brought all the best best chefs from around the city to one place, um, you know, set, set in a beautiful location and have a whole bunch of signature dishes being served, wouldn't that be a really nice thing if you love great food? Um, and it turns out, yes, the answer is yes, that would be a great thing. Um, no, it's and li- literally, um, IMG bought the business of taste. Um, actually, it was just at the start of um, of twenty twelve into twenty thirteen. Um, and the reason why they bought it is because they could see that um, that food had gone from being, you know, ju- just something that you did in restaurants. It had become a almost like a media and uh, experiential subject and a passion point. Um, you know, back when we started Taste, you, no one would regard themselves as a foodie, whereas nowadays almost everyone regards themselves as a foodie. So it's it's our IMG certainly isn't just about sport, um, IMG models, IMG fashion, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's way beyond just sport. Um, but IMG definitely saw food as being a passion point they wanted to get into. And taste was the, you know, the, the biggest, most successful 
food festival brand. This is a question for, for both of you, but I'll go to Ash first and, and ask you, but maybe Justin, you can, you can give your uh, point of yep. view on this as well. Is there a, like a, 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 an absolute crossover between your existing uh, clientele at the Fat Duck or in your, your new venture and cycling? Was, was, there, was there like a, you had a, a base bunch of people you know this would fit perfectly for or were you completely throwing this open and you weren't like relying on anybody that you knew already (laughs) well i mean from a from a from a guest point of view i think you know from from when justin and i were chatting about it in in margaret river you know the, the the kind of the driven character of people that that ride bikes for for pleasure as well as you know competing but obviously we're all about the pleasure side of it you know the 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 people that are detailed and driven usually top professionals in whatever profession you know they they they, it kind of goes hand in hand it's 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 the enjoyment of food and wine and you know sitting around in a beautiful place and and riding your bike in a beautiful place it just the experience didn't exist yet, but I think it was fair to say if, uh, you know, I speak, I think Justin would agree that, mm. you know, we, we had a very good idea that people, this would be something quite special and some really great experiences from a food and cycling point of view. And then of course you add in the, the legends of cycling as well. And, you know, I can speak from, from my own experience of, you know, speaking with Bradley and Sean Yates and Adam Blythe and Matt Stevens, you know, it, it's quite mesmerizing actually, when, you know, when you listen to the stories and getting access to their experience and, and vice versa, they love the kind of world of food and chefs. And it's, um, there's a kind of real mutual camaraderie and respect between the two, two crossover things really. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. Just, um, I mean, from my perspective, um, I had this incredible uh, insight, really, which was IMG, hugely famous for golf. Obviously, it's where IMG was founded with Arnold Palmer and Mark McCormack. Um, and whilst, so I, I was at IMG for probably about nine years. And what, what I was witnessing was that golf as a pursuit, its popularity, its interest, its money, et cetera, et cetera, it was kind of dwindling it, it, it was on the decline mm-hmm. and then IMG was also getting big time into cycling um bought the commercial rights to the Giro d'Italia etc cetera, etc cetera. and I could just see literally kind of before my eyes that the people who had previously loved golf were starting to love road cycling and and I kind of figured well I, I understand golf very well and hospitality is built into the golf experience so these people that we were wanting to target appreciate the lifestyle, can afford the lifestyle. Um, but really, it, it was one of those things that the reason why they're not going for it is because it doesn't exist. So so I was I was just kind of convinced that, you know, that moment where I met Ash, Ashley and we kind of had that chat, it's like, well, let's go and make it exist. Um, and it's proving to be true. Because <laughs> that was definitely going to be one of my questions. And that it's the cliche, of course, that cycling is the new golf. But I was going to go there and you've kind of gone there before I went there, but, but I'm, I've, I've done press trips in uh, incredibly exotic uh, golf resorts in Portugal, where yeah. they they are going to have to attract cyclists now mm. uh, or other uh, activities because that golf has just—I mean, I don't think it was just 
President Trump. It was, you know, the former President Trump. It was coming mm. before that. Um, but golf has certainly lost a lot of its cachet. So that um, cliche of cycling being the new golf, you are basically, you're living it. That's not a cliche at all. Yeah. You are you are yeah. absolutely plugging into that, yeah? Yeah, yeah for, for, absolutely, for sure. There, there's, there, there were a couple of other factors that... Um, that have kind of made the timing of LeBlanc right. Um, and because the, the other part is cyclists. I mean, I was a pro cyclist over 20 years ago. Um, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but um, diet. Diet wasn't actually about eating great food. It was about eat as little as you can and take drugs. That was it. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, every professional, world tour professional team has their own professional chef because they understand diet. They understand natural ingredients, how to prepare timings portion size or all of those kind of things so it's um and also Ineos or what was sky that they did a a huge amount of research on the fact that uh, food is a reward mechanism for great training and they realized that if you actually eat great food you train harder and that's why it's juice not gels because it's actually you know if you understand what's going into it it's it it makes you feel better <laughs> you know and, and and therefore it's um you know you train better you you race better and etc and then the um, the third part was that ash isn't alone in being a chef who loves cycling it's really a growing trend and um ash i think it's fair to say that you've become the almost like the dealer for for bikes it is uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone everyone who's a chef who is like what bike do i need to get is like oh i need to speak to ash first and, you know, you've got a pretty much a succession of top-end chefs saying, you know, I am a bit OCD. I do want to get into this. What do I do? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. It's quite amazing. You know, people people say, it just looks brilliant. I'm going to buy a bike. What, what should I get? And you're just like, I, I don't think they have an idea of the detailed barrage of questions that, that, you know, come back, that you need that information to try and get them onto the right thing. But, you know, you're just trying to save people a lot of time, wasting a lot of money and just urging them to, to do what I didn't do because I didn't, you know, I just kind of bought a bike. I thought fit, right. But it didn't, I kind of had a bit of a mishmash of stuff and I bought a decent bike. And then I, it's like everything you start upgrading and before you know it, you're on your third bike and you finally got (laughs) what you should have got in the first place. So, uh, so, but it's great. You know, you get into such detail and I think chefs love love detail they love sort of nerdy precision and technology and you know become obsessed with lightweight everything and so i think you know there's a lot of synergy between the two and and um yeah and it's one of the only things you can really do that that gets you out on your own it doesn't matter who you are because when you've got a helmet and glasses on and cycling gear you know as famous as some of the guys are you wouldn't know who you're cycling past mm. half the time so they can have their own space their own time you're out mm-hmm. in the fresh air and you're actually doing something that then you know you come back and have some great food and a nice bottle of wine and and it all sort yeah. of it's like a little ecosystem really i think yeah can we talk about portion sizes because you, you've you've talked a lot about taste and the enjoyment but you need to have fuel you need to have some good carbohydrates there you need to have you know if you're going to be cycling so do you have a bit more food a bit more on the plate than you would if you were doing a a different kind of event i'm asking you how much you're going to eat on your events yeah i mean we we we, we've kind of got different stages planned out for the different meals but um if i mean uh, on the isle of 
uh, we, we in our last event up in Scotland, um, we started making porridge for the guys in the morning. So I, I said, look, I'll make the porridge. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. Then the other two guys were making the eggs and, and whatnot. And, um, the porridge word spread and it was just like <laughs> I did about 19 different porridges like one after the other and and then they were talking about it and, and Chris Hoy was saying yeah some of the best porridge I've ever had in my life like how'd you do it and I was like well I'll tell you what 7 30 tomorrow whoever wants to learn how to make this porridge my way come into the kitchen and we'll you know we'll do a little master class and and I think simplicity and I mean porridge for me personally is what I would have because it's just that it's that slow burner, you know, that's going to get you from start to finish and then supplement it with some really good natural, um, actual foods, not, not gels. I'm not, a, I'm not a massive fan of gels, but I'd rather actually eat something, yeah. you know, whether it's a, a date bar with pecans and, and a little bit of chocolate in it, for example, but actual food food. Um, but yeah, I, I guess different people fuel different ways. And I think once you start understanding about fueling, especially as a as a non, let's say, a, a food expert or something, I think you're going to get so much more out of your riding at the same time. So hopefully guests can kind of pick up on that as as they go through the weekend too. Yeah. We, we, we are also lucky enough to have um, Velo Forte who, although they do gels, they call them nectars, um, but it, it's, it's a brand that has kind of sprung up recently um, which there is nothing artificial and synthetic to it. It is, it's, it's what, um, Ashley just said, it's, it's natural nuts, it's fruits, it's, uh, it is, yeah. it's going to pro- produce that you would eat normally. And many of the, uh, the riders have said, yeah, Velo Forte, the only problem with it is that it tastes so good that you actually want to eat all the time. Um, yeah. so, so there, there is the practicality of fueling whilst on the bike. Um, but equally, you know, this was my preconception before uh, before starting Taste. I used to think that foodies just ate a lot of food. It's, that's not the case. Foodies appreciate and consider what they eat, and they really select the best. So it's about eating well, not eating huge amounts. And, you know, the, the, the riding the ride for, for a weekend of LeBlanc is, you know, it's tailored to the capability of the rider it's not designed to be brutal and break people. It's designed to challenge, but it, for it to feel an exhilarating escapism um, rather than, you know, can't walk for five days because they've you know, gone way beyond <laughs> their, their, their limits and capabilities. So it's kind of, and in, in that case, the fueling is just, it's about timing and it's about quality. Uh, it's not actually about mm. vast. Well, you've whetted my outside. quality appetite. I won't eat so much. I'll just, I'll just stick to quality in the future, <laughs> and, uh, and and no more gels on rides, only nectars. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, I'd like to go over to to my colleague David for an ad break. So hang on for a second. Hey, thanks, Carlton, and hello, everybody. It's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast, and as always, I'm here to talk to you about our longtime and very loyal sponsor, and that's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman, and that's J-E-N-S-O-N-U-S-A.com. Have you ever wondered about, you know, why does Jensen exist? Why are they out there? You know, the other day, I I, I do things like this. I had the opportunity, and I went to Jensen's About Us page, and I, I read their mission statement. You know, a lot of times you read these mission statements, and they're corporate gobbledygook, and they don't really mean anything. And I just really liked what they said, and I wanted to share it with you because it's really apropos of why they're here. 
why they've been sponsoring the spokesman for all this time. Their mission statement says simply, we are cyclists here at Jensen USA, and it's our mission to help inspire you to get out and ride, experience, and explore. Now, isn't that something that we said on the spokesman forever, get out there and ride? That's really what it's all about. This isn't, as I said before, some corporate behemoth that is owned by private equity or New York Stock Exchange looking to just squeeze as much money out of you as possible. Instead, just as they're loyal and have been loyal to the spokesman, they are endeavoring for you to be just as loyal to Jensen. And they do that in a variety of ways. Number one, they're cyclists, like they said, just like you, just like Carlton, just like all of us. And they get it. They get the cycling lifestyle. They understand who you are and what you like to do for fun or for commuting or for all the various reasons that, you, that you're a cyclist. They get it. And that's why they have such a great selection of brand name late model products, why they offer them at such great prices, and why, and this is really critical, why they have such great customer service through their gear advisors. Their gear advisors, people like you and me, they're cyclists. And so when you call and you've got a question, they're going to be able to not only answer the question, but nine times out of 10, they're going to be able to say, yeah, I rode that and this was my experience. And that really is how holistically they're really able to make sure that they can take care of you and me and everyone like us. Again, whether we're road cyclists or uh, we, we like to go out on our gravel bikes, our BMX bikes, our mountain bikes, our commuter bikes, Jensen has you covered. Go ahead and check them out at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. If you've never been there before, if you've heard these ads and just have never clicked, go do it. You really will be glad that you did. And of course, if you've heard these ads, you know what I'm talking about. So the next time you're looking for something, tires, apparel, tubes, a pump, complete bikes, think of Jensen first. JensenUSA.com slash The Spokesman. And as always, we thank Jensen for their support of The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. Uh, thanks, David. And uh, we are back with Justin and with Ash. And Ash, I want to I go backwards if you don't mind, and that is, how do you make porridge? How do you make this porridge that Chris Hoy says is the, the best ever? And you come in, come in at 7.30 in the morning, you'll find out how. You didn't tell us. You kind of left us there. You've now got to tell us. You understand that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think there's a couple of things you can do. One, you really need to shake the uh, box of oats to get all the fine bits down the bottom. So the more fine bits that you've got actually in the pan they become really gloopy and, and gluey, which you don't want. So if you want to go, the first step is shake the box of oats and only get the oats, not the real sort of fine um, flour. The, not the ready breakfast. And then I will, exactly, exactly. And then I'll use semi-skim milk, um, probably go about, I don't know, about half an inch over the top of the oats, a little pinch of sugar, a little tiny pinch of salt, and then probably, I mean couple of tablespoons of water and then literally put it on the heat and bring it up to a simmer slowly and literally i'm, I'm doing this while i'm talking <laughs> to you over the internet but i'm kind of stirring thin air but 
you stir it really, really slowly rather than, you know, going hammer and tongs, stirring the thing because you're scared it's going to stick. Kind of really gently just stir. What you don't want to do is really mix, over mix the porridge because that will just work that porridge into a gloopy mess. Once it's simmering, then you just, it's a bit like a risotto. You just add a little bit more milk, gentle kind of incorporating stir, let it simmer a little bit more, probably give it about two or three minutes, then just take it off the heat and let it rest for like a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes, whatever you want to do, make your coffee or tea, come back to it, put it back on the heat, another little bit of milk just to loosen it, final little bit of heat, gently incorporating that milk and then into the bowl. And personally, I know it's the enemy, but I love a little bit of unrefined sugar that melts just on the top. And that's the, the guys in um, in Scotland. They were like, "I'll have it however you have it." And I was like, "Well, I do this." And it, the texture of it is brilliant. It's like making a great risotto, but if you stir it too much, unlike risotto, you'll get this gloopy mess. So it's there all it in the uh, control. Yay. That's it. That, that's your secret out now, Ash. Well, this is, is going to be my is. most popular podcast ever, I think, because we've given away the secret for the world's best porridge. I will try that, Ash. Thank you very much. I will. Uh, I will shake my porridge oats. Oh, what about oats? So you, do you recommend yeah. like Irish, like fine cut, or is it like the Scottish one? I, is it the oats are also important? You got to tell us that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's pre- that's that's preference, I would say. You know, some like jumbo oats, some like normal oats. I like Scots porridge oats, the original Scots porridge oats. They, To be honest, it's what we used at the Fat Duck for snail porridge, and it makes the best mm-hmm. porridge for breakfast too. Well, that's what's in my cupboard, so I'm, I'm, I'm a foodie. That's great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, now, guys, you've got to tell me about the events themselves. So, first of all, tell us about the first one, which you've had one event so far, then you've had a... I believe a sellout, like when you made the announcement for the second one, that just instantly went uh, bonkers and, and just sold out. And then you've got other events. So let's let's go through, first of all, the the, the first event that you've actually done. How did that go? Yes. How many people did you have on it? Let's 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 hear about that, Justin. Yeah, okay. So so the, the first event that, uh, that we did was the Surrey Joy Ride. Um, and uh, that, that was designed to be a single-day ride, um, Riding through many of the uh, the roads that Adam Blythe, uh, who was one of our ride leaders, and Joanna Rousel, who was the other. Uh, Joanna is a local rider, and uh, it was her training ground that she used to train on to become an Olympic champion. Um, and for Adam Blythe, it was it was the roads that he he is the only British winner of the London Surrey Classic. Um, so again, he was revisiting roads that he'd actually been a champion on. So the the, the ride leaders um, were there to almost kind of both, you know, challenge the riders, but also re- relive the moments that, that were special. Um, and Bo- Box Hill was the kind of the, the start and finish point. Um, and we, we did uh, three different distances, five different groups, all of them with a following uh, Aston Martin vehicle. Amazing how when you've got an Aston Martin following a group of riders, no other car drivers want to have any kind of issue. It's like, wow, look at the Aston Martin. It's, so um, so that, that was the, the format. We had 44 guests, um, and then we had two of our ride leaders per, per, um, per team. So fi- 54 riders on the road. Um, and then the afternoon was at a restaurant, which I'd come across um, about four or five years previously, when um, we shortlisted it as one of the best uh, openings in the world. Um, it's called Sorrel Restaurant. 
it's uh, it's got one Michelin star, but it's absolutely beautiful restaurant. So that that was the afternoon uh, in Sorrel, and uh, Steve Drake, the uh, the chef of Sorrel, the special five course tasting menu, um, and a- a- absolutely brilliant, brilliant feedback, great reviews, um, and people really really enjoyed it. Um, and then the the second event, which also sold out very quickly, was um, in uh, Perthshire, a little tiny tiny village called Aberfeldy. Um, and we had 20 guests um, alongside Chris Hoy. And uh, there, was, there was some chef called Ashley Palmer-Watts, who was, uh, Ash was actually doing the majority of the cooking for, for the weekend. Um, but you, you also worked with the, the guys from Ballantaggart in terms of the time and place dinner, didn't you, Ash? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, they, they, uh, we had a local, um, I wouldn't say, ho- it's like a hotel with rooms, or a restaurant with rooms kind of set up, lots of Persia produce, all local, they've got their own farm, etc. And um, so they cooked the Friday night. The guests arrived in the afternoon, chilled out for a bit, um, all met each other. Um, Friday night was Ballantaggart dinner, um, which was amazing, five courses, sort of showcasing local produce. And then the Saturday was the uh, was the big ride in the morning. Um, so breakfast, then the ride. They came back. They had um, great coffee stop on the way. Um, got back to the uh, to the house. They had uh, massage. Um, some did some yoga and some stretching. Um, we were pushing on in the kitchen at the time, um, but it but it was a great social kind of Saturday because everyone felt very integrated into the, the experience at the house and you'd have guests wandering into the kitchen going, Oh my God, this smells amazing. What's for dinner? And you're like, well, can't really tell you at the moment. It's all <laughs> going to be revealed a little bit later. Um, and then down for dinner. And on that event, we, um, we decided that we were going to sort of tailor the menu um, to the six Olympic gold medals that Chris Hoy won. Um, so he won one in Athens, three in Beijing in 2008, and then uh, two in London in 2012. So I used those cities as inspiration for the style of cooking for those particular dishes. So we started off with a Greek hot and cold grilled um, Greek salad. And then we went to um, into three Chinese dishes, one based around... Um, uh, a kind of peanut broth called Jian Shi uh, with langoustines and asparagus from Scotland. And then we we're on to um, grilled scallops with XO sauce. And then we had this most amazing Highland wang- Wagyu um, from literally about half an hour down the road mm. um, and grilled that. And it was like with a Szechuan glaze and this peanut That's and it. cucumber salad. Yeah. And then back to London for two desserts, um, strawberries and cream. Um, and, oh, there was a, there was a quite a good story, actually. There was a, <laughs> it, we build it as seven courses, but Chris only won six Olympic gold medals. So only, yeah. we made, we made a, yeah, I know, I mean, just to say that is amazing, but we made a little thing of it saying, you know, it was going to be seven. It's actually six because, you know, it's about the gold medals and everyone kind of was, you know, laughing a bit. And then after the main course, um, I went out and, and tapped a glass and got everyone's attention. And I sort of said, 
I did say it was six courses. It's actually seven, um, but this is a little surprise course. Um, both Chris and I have a mutual friend. And when he heard that I was working with Chris on this ride, he said, look, when you when you meet Chris the first time, you really must give him some some uh, hassle about one of his dishes that he does at home. We all take the mickey out of him mm. for it. And I said, okay, right. So what, what is it? And he said, they're, um, they're mushrooms done on the barbecue stuffed with Stilton <laughs> cheese. And everyone apparently takes the mickey out of Chris for this. And uh, <laughs> so I said, you know, we've got this mutual friend, told him the story. And I said, look, I've done my own little homage to, um, we're going to call it the Hidden Hoy Cheese Course. <laughs> and uh, he d- he just couldn't believe it. It was so funny. And of course, it was, I think it epitomized everything from the weekend. It was just this kind of really comfortable, social, yeah. one big household of sort of food and drink and really approachable um sort of chat and and whatnot and then um after dinner we had uh, a brilliant um interview by annie emerson um uh, sort of sitting down and chatting through chris's career and some really sort of poignant parts of his career that that you know resonated with a lot of people i think whilst also tasting the local whiskey from Aberfeldy, which was brilliant yeah um and then the sunday got to do it all again go for another ride, come back for some lovely food. We're a little bit more casual. Um, we, we had some uh, Wagyu burgers and some sort of chunky chips and um, a little bit of panna cotta for dessert. So, you know, it was just, it was just so good. What about, what yeah. about vegans and exactly. veggies? Are they, can they, they come on your tours as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, we didn't have any vegans this time. Um, but we did, we did have one full vegetarian who, um, but I mean, it was fine. We just sort of, you know, I mean, to be honest in where I've come from, um, and, and the restaurant I ran for 10 years, our vegetarian cooking, we would put as much, we'd put as much effort into that as anything else really. Um, so yeah, not a problem. Um, vegetarians are, are a joy to okay. cook for. No, Vegan yeah. is a little bit more tricky. But, you know, it's possible. When, when um, I'd like to go on to the, the events that are coming up in a minute. But first of all, why Le Blanc? Because yeah. I know you've got in one of the events you've got coming up, you have got uh, it's hosted by uh, Raymond Blanc. Is it anything to do with? with, with yes. So where's 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 the name come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so the, the, the actual naming, um, the the original event was always going to be on the oh, Isle of Wight. Right. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm um, with you now. OK, the Isle of Wight. Mm. There we go. And um, and so they, they, there was a bit of toying around with a few different names, LeBlanc Tour, Le, um, Tour de Blanc, etc. So we, we, we're just thinking of kind of, um, you know, going with the white theme in terms of uh, Isle of Wight. And, and, uh, and yeah, it kind of, it went from there and then it stuck. Um, and then the, the C became a Q. And then the first chef that I uh, asked outside of, um, of speaking with Ashley was Raymond Blanc. And, they they did say, have you named your event after Raymond? Mm-hmm. And we said, well, no, but it is a nice coincidence. And uh, they said, no, 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 that that's that's great. So yeah, it, it was it was mainly around the um, the Isle of Wight being the the kind of the catalyst for for the idea. But um, yeah, we we wanted to create something that was quite unique. That was you know sat sat there quite differently. We we like the uh, the, the French kind of connotation of it because obviously cycling and gastronomy tends to be deeply mm. rooted in, uh, in, in kind of French language. 
Um, and that's that. That's the reason. That that's mm. the name. And, and I've noticed on the, on the press release here that so it wasn't just that one event where you've got Aston Martin cars. You've got Aston Martin cars. It's okay. So you know the cycling credentials of Aston yeah. Martin, yeah? It's a very deeply cycling yes. brand, car brand. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's um, when you um, when you get to know the guys from Aston Martin, you know, virtually all of them ride mm. bikes. And it's the second biggest pastime of all of the Aston Martin owners, um, which is why they were so drawn to, to what mm. we were doing. Um, and, and, and we all like, um, you know, beautiful cars and Aston Martins are the most beautiful mm. car. Um, we, we, we had a, um, but both that Ashley and myself just had a philosophy that LeBlanc will go for being best in class in everything it does. Um, so the bikes, the cars, the food, the destinations, we want to always be best mm. in class. That, that, that's so been. let's talk about best in class future events. So the, one of the events that sold yes. out recently. So where, where where are you going next, basically? Yeah. So, so the the next one is um, is with Raymond Blanc at um, at his home in Le Manoir in uh, in Oxfordshire. Um, so that that event is on the fifth of September. Uh, that is the event that um, that it's forty places sold out in fifteen minutes, which was which was great. Um, the the event uh, two weeks after that is here on the Isle of Wight, um, which you know th- third third time of asking. So uh, we uh, we were originally going to do last September, then April, and now it's this September, um, and then two weeks after that. Um, well, that that um, that event uh, on the Isle of Wight is where we introduce Bradley Wiggins for the mm. first time um, to to our guests. Um, and uh, I've known Bradley for a long time. I think it was probably twelve when I mm-hmm. first met him. Um, so incredible athlete, incredible character, real personality that I think is going to embody a lot of what um, LeBlanc wants to wants to kind of offer its guests. Um, but then uh, the final event um, of the year is going to be in the Champagne region um, at the Royal Champagne Hotel and Spa. And the uh, the rider that we have there uh, is um, a chap called Eddie Merckx. Um, so we kind of figured, well, you know, if you're going to go for best in class, then that, that there is one undisputed champion of cycling, and that's Eddie. Um, so that's that, that's where we're going to be working with Roman Block. Sweet. Now, uh, the, it's, it's sold out when when you put these through to your 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 lists, etc. Um, are there yeah. people who are coming time and time again? So you've got like a core ten people or whatever who've been on every trip so far and are going to be on every trip. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, to, to the core, we actually want to create a club. Um, it's called the Joyriders Dining Club. It's not about cycling; it's about joyriding. Um, so, yes, we do have natural, you know, founder club members already. Uh, and you, you're right in your number; it, it is around ten to twelve that are absolutely, you know, whatever you guys do, mm. we're, we're there. Um, but um, but equally, we also want to make sure that um, we mix up the, uh, the the events, the riders, the talent, the destination. Um, but yeah, we, we'll be doing more events next year. It will grow, um, and capacities are always going to feel pretty intimate. Um, so re- rarely above a hundred mm-hmm. people. Um, and uh, you know, the, the, the smallest event is probably going to be around about twenty twenty five. Biggest will be a hundred people. Um, but what, what we're also doing is not just the experiences themselves. When when we do the rides, when we do the menus, etc., um, all of that will be shared straight after the event. So you can literally ride the same routes that we did. Um, you can you can understand what, what what we ate, where we went, where do we recommend? So it's almost like a kind of an advert for amazing places to go and ride and dine. Um, the event just happens to kind of give that place, you know, that kind of promotion and visibility. So I'm sitting on my chair, so you can now tell me how much these things cost. 
<laughs> well, the, um, the, uh, the, the event that we're doing at uh, Le Manoir is only 135 pounds. That's that. Um, it's, uh, it's primarily, it's a breakfast and it's meeting Raymond and it's being led by a bunch of fantastic um, pros on some really great riding around the Chilsons. Um, and then it goes all the way up to um, the place in the, um, in the Champagne region, which is three and a half thousand pounds. And that's without, that's without travel. So, so that's, you've got to get there. You've got to get there in your helicopter. Yes. And get your Pinarello out yes. the back. There we go. It's um, the, 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 the travel point is interesting because most people who are coming don't actually want to be, I won't say told, they don't want to fit into the travel arrangements because many of them are traveling already. Many of them are starting from one point coming to the event, going to a different place. So the, the travel, it, it just became the easiest thing to just exclude it. And the, the experience starts when you arrive. Mm, sounds wonderful. Tell people uh, all of your social media channels. How can they find out about this? Give us your website. G- give us everything that you tell people about your event. It's, um, I mean, in terms of the, uh, the, the way to describe it, it's the finest cycling you can possibly do amongst friends in beautiful locations with the best food um, that's that that's the proposition uh, we, we found that many people quite like that it's it's quite appealing um in terms of how to find out um search leblanc you'll go straight to the website um at leblanc with a q in so, it's, of, so it's, uh, not, it's not like with the c with Raymond blanc or the white it's 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 no, that's with a q. Right. With okay. a q. that's right l-e-b-l-a-n-q.com <laughs> Um, but yeah, the Instagram channel is is very healthy. Uh, if you want to know the latest of, of what we're doing, sign up to the the newsletter, uh, which you can do via the website, um, and that that's that's the best place. But um, but we've also got a number of different media partnerships with um, with Ruler Magazine, with the National Times, with uh, Great Rich Chefs, etc. So there, there are many ways in which you'll find out about it. But best one is go go online, check out leblanc.com, and uh, and go from there. Thanks to Justin Clark and Ashley Palmer-Watts there. And thanks to you for listening to the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. Show notes and more can be found on the-spokesmen.com. The next show will be out in early September. It will star my doctor wife in the Cairngorms riding an electric mountain bike equipped with Shimano's EP8 system. Now, Jude rides to work on a bog-standard single-speed electric bike normally, so it'll be interesting to see how she gets on with this premium bit of kit. But meanwhile, get out there and ride. Still getting a workout even though I'm on an electric bike.